Guess what? SK Vibe Maker interviews are hotter. It's another one. SK Vibe Maker. My interviews are hotter. You know, we bring through the best special guests. We are not changing tradition anytime soon. Now, from the TLP, let's get her name right Eva Lazarus. You heard? You know what I'm saying? Some people are saying Ava. Some people are saying Lazarus and all that Rude. kind of stuff. Let's get it's it right it from the beginning. Eva Lazarus. It's very simple. You know what I'm saying? Come Put on. that in there. What do they say? Put it in your pipe and smoke, smoke it. it. Exactly. That's what they say, man. So, <laughs> how are we saying it now? Like, um, Midlands born, yeah. Bristol made. Yeah. That's what that's we're it. saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, now you're like sort of in London a bit, obviously putting in the work for the music yeah. and that. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's have a bit of a like sort of journey, the music journey thus far. Okay. So, always sung from day very creative family so it's always been supported so it's always been singing in the yard to learning to play guitar to writing my own songs to eventually doing all the the open mic nights and then it was like i loved uk hip-hop and drum and bass and i grew up in a house that had jungle and just subculture music um whether that was jazz or whether that was grime and just everything my mum loves music so i just grew up on really good music so i was as well as being a singer songwriter, I was also in these spaces where people were getting on the mic and they were doing their thing. And I just wanted to join in. <laughs> so um, I guess at the start, it was like, uh, like it's nerve wracking because there's not a lot of women in those spaces, uh, even still not a lot of women in those spaces. Um, but I just pushed myself into that space as well. And I moved to Bristol to be a part of all of the different genres that I love so the hybrid that they have happening there yeah mm -hmm. and they really do it's, there's a wealth of culture in the city so there's always a night for whatever it is that you're mm -hmm. into so if that's a jazz jam there's that if if it's a hip-hop night open mic thing that's there's that mm -hmm. um and it's for from my experience a really welcoming city so I've always been really supported there by venues by uh promoters by the scene. So I was able to grow in all of these different genre spaces in a way that maybe if I was in maybe even London, I wouldn't have been able mm -hmm. to because that's not that's not how it works here. So it's fair to say that you kind of went there to follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. Maybe she's wearing a yellow hat today. The swag is on point. Not everyone could pull it off. You know what I mean? So that's good, man. You went there to follow your ambition and it's popping. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, let's take it from the T.O.P. though, man. I feel like the comparisons, Lauren Hill, Floetry, Miss Dynamite. Some people might say they're lazy. Some people might say that's what people do. Are you mad at any of those comparisons? No. Can you understand them? I, of course. I mean, it'd be weird if you didn't get those comparisons. People like to be able to place you. And I feel like those comparisons... Uh, comparison or compliment because I feel like in my lyricism I chat a lot of positivity and sense and if I'm getting those kind of comparisons sick because that's what they do mm -hmm. they chat positivity they chat deep and they chat sense mm -hmm. so if I'm getting those soulful like and lyrical sort of like depth comparisons, then I'm okay with that. Let's put it on record. Your style is definitely a hybrid sound, I'd say. Like you're versatile. There's the reggae influence. Mm -hmm. There's the soulfulness, obviously mm -hmm. you sing. And you've got the rapping kind of style as well. You can hear elements of dub, drum and bass, mm -hmm. what you flirted with. It's a hybrid of sound, man. Yeah. And, and that's uh, just to go back to what we were saying. There is those comparisons that can be made about me 
but also there's plenty of my own sauce and my own mm. combos going mm. on in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's, a copycat thing. It's not a copycat thing mm. in any sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am a product of all of the the different genres uh, stirred in, um, mm. and that's my thing. Those artists mentioned Flirt, Chimis, Dynamite, um, Lowen Hill. Have mm-hmm. they been an inspiration or inspired Lowen you Hill to study those artists? Is a center. Is that that's there's, that's like a central uh, artist for me. That's mm. like she is like <gasps> for mm. me. Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I was asked this question recently. If you could listen to one album for the rest of your life, mm. what is it? It's Miseducation. Be that album, yeah. Yeah, because mm. it's she is probably the first time I heard a woman rap and sing both in both areas so flawlessly well Mm -hmm. and there's like a seamlessness she can go from one to the other that's in and out easy in and out used to have artists that could sing well but couldn't rap too well or they could rap but they couldn't sing too well she was definitely of a generation i think she's one of the first to ever do it so well let's let's say that yeah from even before she was solo as well with the fujis exactly so for 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 me to grow up in a house where my mum was a fujis fan Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a house where my mum's a Fuji's fan and then the Miseducation album comes out. And when I say that album got the rinse out mm-hmm. <laughs> in my house, mm-hmm. like that was that was what you're given to aspire to. Some mm-hmm. people only had, uh, I don't know, their mums were listening to Celine Dion. <laughs> my mum mm-hmm. was listening mm-hmm. to Lauren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people's parents were listening to uh, Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. Carey. Mm-hmm. My mum was listening to Lauren Hill. So like... Yeah, I feel like that's a a foundational part of like mm. my my upbringing in music. Mm. You digested that, and I feel like with the Miss Dynamite comparisons, they will be there because you got sort of the MC and styly sometimes, mm-hmm. and then the flowetry comparisons is because it's quite poetic with the Britishness and the way that you rap mm. with the yeah. same way that flow flowetry used to do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, did you study any of those? Or did, I mean, was I've you around much of that as well, Miss Dynamite flowetry? All of it, mm-hmm. all of it. If if it, if it was a woman. Like my mum's big into females who have that, the pen, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, do you know, actually, dancehall was one of the genres that never got played in my house. I used to go and seek that out. So if mm-hmm. we go to like a family barbecue mm-hmm. and there was slackness playing, my mum would like shoo me away from the sound system. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, so mm-hmm. what's going on in these songs that I'm not mm-hmm. supposed to listen to? Mm-hmm. Um, so it gave me a fascination that didn't come from the family, um, from my immediate family. Um, but with her music taste, she loved Erica, she loved Jill Scott, she loved Floetry, she loved Miss mm. Dynamite, she loved, you know, you think of those scenes and that time, that was in the house. 90s, that was what, early noughties. Yeah. It was popping. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Guess what? SK Vibe Maker interviews are hotter. My interviews are hotter. We are blazing. Ask a friend, man. I mean, they listen to the interviews and they know what it is. Eva Lazarus is in the building. Hey. Get the name right. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Yeah. So we said that your your style is very soulful and it's a hybrid. You mm-hmm. rap as well. Yeah. You are definitely not turning up in your songs like, you know, it's not turn up. It's not, it's not on trend, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So in some ways you're bucking trends. Would you say that it's quite a challenge for you to not go with the common sound and be quite, many might argue your sound's quite niche. It's powerful, Mm -hmm. it's fantastic, but it's not the majority. And it's risky in this commercialized music showbiz industry. Yeah. 
that stuff has never really bothered me. I have always just done what makes me creatively happy. And I feel like when I'm in a space that makes me creatively happy, I turn out my best work. I've done so much sessions where it's been tried to, uh, someone's tried to lean me into what they do for, like, let's take your spices and put them in this meal. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. And maybe that could be a song for someone else, but that doesn't sound like me. So I feel like I, I'm, I'm a good judge of what is gonna work for me. And it's not always what's the most, uh, I don't know what everybody else is viable. doing. Yeah. Like, oh, I just, I just want to do what I want to mm. do when mm. I want to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I do. And you know what? That what we're talking about is integrity. And I don't want to diss or throw shade to like a lot of artists out there, but there's not many artists that have integrity. They will say they have it, but a lot of the times when they're in the studio, it's very calculated and mm. formulaic. You know, artists be going in the studio. I'm gonna make a song like this to for these people and because this is on trend and I might not love this, but I'm gonna do this mm. because this is gonna pop, it's gonna go viral, it's gonna stick. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe you don't go in the studio with that kind of oh, mindset. Not really, I've, I would much rather go in with people who like my vibe. And I, I think that's the other thing that being this sort of in this multi-genre space that I'm in, that uh, people either connect with me as an artist, as a creator, or they don't mm -hmm. because I mean, my live show, when you come to my live show, I go through all of these different moods and spaces and I will make mention, especially when I, it's a festival uh, and people can stay or they can go. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna give you plenty different genres in the mm -hmm. space of 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. And in a space where you could stay or go mm -hmm. and everyone's staying, I love that for me. <laughs> you're saying you're a stage show don, yeah? Well, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say it first, but uh, uh, I feel like I can turn a party. Mm -hmm. I, I come alive on stage. Mm. I am... Oh, that, to ego? Uh, not even. It's just that... This is you. It's just the amplified. That's what makes me happy. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to show people when I'm on stage. Is mm -hmm. I wish I could be that kind of like chilled together hold my energy in one space mm. kind of performer that's like mysterious or whatever but i just enjoy myself mm. so that's what i do on stage Loved and it. luckily for me that uh that vibe works for me so it's infectious and people people seem to to mess with that mm -hmm. so that's what i do on stage and i've had people came to my um i did a in-store show in bristol recently um that sold out thank you very much <laughs> and it, People, when I asked people who came up for me to like sign the record, what, where did you see me? Like, where, where do you know me from? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, I saw you at this festival. Or I, I first saw you at this festival. Some of those people, or a lot of those people were this summer, the, this summer's people. Mm -hmm. So you've come to me and you know that I do R&B, you know, I do hip hop, you know, I make jungle, you know, I make drum and bass, you know mm -hmm. that I'm in all of these different genre spaces and you still want to come to the thing. Mm -hmm because that's not how people listen to music. I don't listen to one thing. Mm -hmm. Other people don't listen to one thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't Palettes wanna- are wide these days. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I don't wanna make one thing. And I, I understand for the industry that can be quite confusing because they want you to make it very, very easy mm -hmm. to digest, Yeah. which is why I try and stick to the world of sound on one record. Mm. Last record, sound system, world. This record, hip hop, 
soul mm-hmm. world. So I want to create those spaces. But when I go and play it live, I want to, I want more than that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who knows what my next record might be? It might be a drum and bass record. Who knows? It might be a pop record. It might be a pop record. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a pop record. I'm not going to lie. I just want to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about lessons. Yeah. I don't want to go under. I don't want to fall down. Mm-hmm. That's some of the lines in there. You're talking about lessons in life. Mm-hmm. What lessons have you learned from the music industry thus far? Um, that squashing yourself into something, in, into uh, a genre for other people is something that's not going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that consistency is key. I feel like um, I've watched people who I'm like, oh, they're going to do some crazy things with their career. I'm so excited to watch them and see what happens. And then the consistency hasn't been there. Mm. Um, And consistency is a real big part of it. It's Mm. a real big part of it. Like backing yourself with time, Mm -hmm. not just money, Mm -hmm. is so important. And the the further into the the game I'm getting, the more I realise how valuable that is. Mm. Um, So you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't make time for the right things at the right time, Sorry mm. for your project. Sorry for your project. Um, also, I'm, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a mum. Mm. So my son's two. Mm-hmm. So the support systems that I need to be able to make sure that I have a career are crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I need to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And asking for help when you're a very independent person, especially like self-managed, very independent personality, mm-hmm. asking for help is hard. Mm. Um, and to not overlook the fact that people who support you don't want to just support you with words. Sometimes they actually want to support you with actions. Mm-hmm. I have friends of mine say, listen, if you need any help at a festival, I'm here. I'll be an extra pair of hands. If you need any help over that weekend, I've got you. I- Accept the help. Because <laughs> mm. some people just want to help to help mm. you. They want to be there. Let them. <laughs> Big lessons. Yeah. Collaborating with Kofi Stone. Mm-hmm. Big collaboration. Yeah. Great collaboration. Thank you. How did this happen? Okay, so. On lessons. On lessons, I collaborated with Kofi Stone um, and it wa- wasn't actually my suggestion. It was uh, James, uh, producer, Dirty Dyke. He produced the record and he was like, I think Kofi would be a good shout for this. And I'd heard Kofi on uh, Busker Flow. Uh, somebody posted it in their stories and I was like Busker Flow you know when it is, people post it and the, the music doesn't play so you have to go and find out the thing I wanted to go and find out what that was because I used to busk I used to busk in Broadmead in Bristol when I lived there when I first went uh, when I left my job and I was like I'm just going to do music I was like better make some money <laughs> so weekends I would sell CDs in, uh, in Broadmead and I would busk and rap and sing and do all of that business so I was like, busker flow, let me, let me hear what this busker's doing, saying. And I was blown away. The flow is unbelievable. Sp- on that record, but specifically that uh, flow on that tune is mad. Um, so I already knew who he was. And when James suggested that we work together, I was like, easy. Yeah, I, I know that A, you chat sense, and B, you can rap rap. So, so that's... I'm not worried that we're going to send it and we're going to get something back that's not going to work, not going to fit. Um, and personally, I would rather not work with somebody just to work with somebody. Mm-hmm. It's either going to, 
you either got to be excited about it or not. Proper collaboration you're talking yeah. about. Mm. Yeah. I kind of feel like I know the answer to this question anyway. You've already spoken about like a lot of independence in your career. Mm-hmm. Do you handle the majority of your songwriting responsibilities? Oh, yeah, I write. I write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the end. <laughs> you write everything? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for some artists, there's been some great artists out there that haven't been writers or haven't written mm-hmm. much. But for you, it's all about the writing. Yeah, I write. But not only do I write, I, you know, she might produce a little as well. Hey. So um, on the album, I've got production credits. The intro, uh, Define Me By My Love, that's that's all me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Prayed For You, Interlude on the album, that's all me. And then uh, Empty Pockets, which is the second on the record. Um, the original song for that, um, I wrote the guitar, the bass, um, obviously the song. Um, and then we got... Uh, Fatty and Joe, Fat Joe, <laughs> together um, to, to replay the bass and the guitar for that tune. But the original song was written by me. Mm. Um, I I love writing. I love writing. That's, you know, that's a big part of why I enjoy my, my job so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I would easily let that go. Mm. Um, Never say never. I, I wouldn't mind working with somebody if it was the right somebody for mm-hmm. the right thing. But my pen's my pen. The songwriting ability is somewhat of a underrespected um, craft and ability. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, people think because a vocalist has a great voice that they are great writers or it's a great song. Like you can have a great voice and not have a great song, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So. What do you think are the key parts in becoming a great songwriter? I think honesty is key. Um, when I when I figured out that writing from writing from experience for me usually turns out a better song, um, and that's not always going to be comfortable, but it might be relatable. So when I've written about stuff where um, Okay, so it might be <laughs> working through your trauma, um, but it it is something that people can relate to because not every day happy clappy gun fingers like everybody party and shots whatever like it can't be that all of the time. When you've when you've been through some stuff, share it because other people have been through some stuff. When you want to celebrate your people celebrate your people when you want to advocate for yourself and be boundaried and uh remind people i love doing that in my songs where it's like remember to respect yourself remember to advocate for yourself remember to not these let these people take you for idiot all that kind of stuff is is really important for me to put that in my music not just for not just for me but for other people and the amount of people that will say come to a show and go oh I listen to this song and that's it gives me so much energy it gives me so much life it gives me so much this and that and this and that I I wrote a song called Amsterdam and I wrote it after I went through a breakup the relationship went on too long and I just felt a bit suffocated towards the end and you know when people just can't keep their (sighs) They can't keep their trouble off off the internet. It's like, okay, we're both going for a breakup, but I'm not going through the breakup online. But you want to be going through the breakup online. Oh That's dear. please, mm. please, please have some shame. Don't do that. <laughs> I got so tired in that time of people hitting my phone with, "Oh, 
did you see his post this? Did mm. you see his... I just booked a flight to Amsterdam by myself and I switched off my phone mm. and I just went over there and I enjoyed the cafes <laughs> for <laughs> coffees <Yeah. laughs> and some galleries yeah. and you know, I just lived my life. Mm -hmm. I just had a little moment for decompression and I remembered what it was like to be on my own and be in my power and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, reset. And then I went home and I dealt with all the, all, all the mess afterwards. I wrote a song about that time and the amount of people, doesn't matter, man, woman, whatever, who come to me at shows and say, that song helped me get through my breakup. Mm. I can't thank you enough. That tells me that when you are honest in your songwriting, you it resonates. Yeah, it connects with people on a, mm. in a real true way. Mm -hmm. Hey, great song. One of your biggest streaming songs as well, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe it's not a coincidence. <laughs> so let's talk about Amsterdam. I mean, for um, a lot of people, Amsterdam means a particular type of thing. And I think if they listen to the song, they might get a drift of this. Um, when you are creating songs, writing or in the studio, how much intoxication is involved? I mean, <laughs> do you write sober? Do you write clear-headed? Depends on what studio. <laughs> it depends. Um, if, I'm, if I've come to the studio and I've got an idea, I've usually come to the studio with that idea in mind already clear-headed if I'm at a session where it's like let's go back to the studio have a couple of drinks let's just let's build some beats let's build a song let's create a vibe if it's a late night studio session there's a couple of drinks there's a couple of drinks but you know um yeah not not everyday clear-headed not everyday intoxication you're saying it doesn't Healthy get balance balance so you're never just drunk writing basically no, absolutely not hey. <laughs> guess what SK Vibe Maker interviews are hotter. Eva Lazarus is in the building. Hey, hey. I feel like I really, I'm <laughs> going to be honest. I was calling you Ava Lazarus for a little while. So I feel like each time I'm saying your name today, I'm thinking a little <laughs> bit. But it could have been worse because people are saying all types of other stuff. Yeah. But we got it on record now. The, the spellings are crazy as well. Mm -hmm. In the early days, oh, my name was getting mm -hmm. spelled with all extra Zs oh, and mate, Ks. Mate, and mate, <laughs> mate. I feel like the name is Star Ready though. Eva Lazarus. Yeah. It makes you sound just like a star already. And it's your real name. Birth certificate, everything. That's my, that's my government. Do you know what? The, the, the worst thing about that is, is when I was starting to make music, I was like, oh, I should, I should come up with like a, that's what people do, right? They come yeah. up with a name. And I was like, maybe it could be, oh, no. Maybe it could be, like nothing I could think of was better than my own name. Mm -hmm. So I, my parents did bits with my name. Thank Straight you so up. much. <laughs> well, let's speak about your parents for a little while. Um, I think it's pretty obvious to see that you are mixed race, right? Mixed heritage? I sure am. Yeah. Are, are you cool with being called mixed race? Some people... I mean, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of sensitivity around, around this. Personally, I don't mind being called mixed. You can see that I'm mixed. Mm -hmm. um, it's when you get into like culture and heritage mm -hmm. and the, when you dig into that stuff. I'm, I don't mind being called mixed. Mm -hmm. I... I'm quite obviously um, melanated. And when people ask that question, it can go one of two ways, mm -hmm. where it's like, where are you from? From, from. Mm -hmm. So where are your parents from? Mm -hmm. And I don't mind answering that question mm -hmm. either. Well, let's get but into it. Just, where are they from? Okay. So my mum's family are Jamaican. Mm -hmm. and they're from Trelawney. And my dad's family are very like mixed European uh, Jewish heritage. Mm -hmm. So they're... My grandma was 
Russian and my grandfather's like Greek Polish. Straight up. There's some similarities between us. It's all good. Okay. You know what I'm saying? There's some similarities. But um, having the mixed heritage growing up, it can be um, quite a minefield to mm -hmm. navigate through. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes one side accepts you, the other side doesn't. Sometimes it's all rosary. It's all nice. Mm -hmm. How was it for you growing up mixed race, mixed heritage? So with, uh, with the families, like my... I grew up mainly, my parents separated. So I grew up in a Jamaican household. I grew up amongst my Jamaican family. My mum's one Your of- Your mum's side? Yeah, my mum's one of nine. Mm. So there's a big family, there's lots of cousins, there's lots of, you know, there's conversations around, you know, background and culture and heritage and food and all the music and all mm. the everything. Mm -hmm. So that I know really well. Mm -hmm. My dad's side of the family, I didn't really start to get to know them until much later. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've spoken to my, my dad in recent times and it was cool. Um, but I don't really have a relationship with him. But uncles and aunties on that side, I do have a relationship mm. with. And when I was on tour in New Zealand, I met up with my auntie Barbara, <laughs> who's over there. And she, we, she was like, I've just seen you in the country. Like, make time, we'll sit down, we'll talk. And mm. she told me so much stuff that I didn't know about mm. that side of the family mm -hmm. that's... So um, I feel like maybe would have been like pillars of uh, the foundation of identity if I'd have known them while I was developing my sense of self. Mm -hmm. But it's just information that I know now. So it's, uh, it's, it's a funny thing uh, being from two backgrounds, but only really knowing one culture, one central pillar, only really having that heritage to be backed up in your life. Mm -hmm. um, so I do understand why in some senses uh, people can be, uh, can find that really difficult. And conversations I've even had recently where it's like my mum would have these conversations in the household. She's a painter, she makes Afrocentric art, she celebrates blackness in her, pa in mm -hmm. her paintings. Mm -hmm. And we would have these conversations about um, like Jamaicans aren't Jamaican, they're West African. Mm -hmm. Like, and why and how that all mm -hmm. kind of came to pass. And we mm -hmm. would have these conversations in the house. Other people who are of mixed background maybe aren't having the same conversations mm -hmm. because of the central pillars in their, in their parentage not being the same. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they don't happen, mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's more likely to happen in a household like mine where my mum is Jamaican. Mm -hmm. So I feel like pretty centered in the, uh, in my Jamaican family. However, when it comes to talking about my dad's side of the family, I have no idea. I have no idea about that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, they weren't practicing Jews, I know that. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that they came through in the war and lots of the children, his, my father's parents, they were, their, them and their siblings were split up, sent to different corners of the UK to kind of hide the children mm -hmm. um, while the war was happening. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, everybody came back together. Some people lost their children. Some Jewish kids ended yeah. up staying with like random, random families. I never knew anything about it's this crazy. before like meeting my, my auntie and sitting down with her. And it was a really lovely uh, time to kind of connect with her and for her to tell me about a bit about that side of the family that I didn't really understand. Mm. So interesting, man. Something that I've been speaking to a lot of female artists about over the last couple of years is sort of 
maybe the unfair expectation for a female artist, which aren't placed upon their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. If you're a female in the industry, maybe you're expected to sex it up, get surgery, like, you know what I mean? Be a bad bee. None of these things are expected from male artists, really. Maybe they just expect the male artists to be like more of the gangster side of things, maybe. Mm -hmm. But have you felt many of those pressures, like um, your musical journey thus far, and how have you dealt with them? I mean, I feel like it would be, I feel like it would be wrong to say that I don't feel any kind of pressure. All of, a lot of those pressures that you can, um, you can identify in this industry. It's like, well, you look around and you're like, well, successful people do what? Successful women do what? Okay, so these are the options that you've got to choose from. You can go, you know, the surgery route. You can go the sexy route. You can go the there's loads of women like there's also there's nothing wrong with those roots there's nothing wrong with getting surgery if you want to get surgery sis get surgery if you want to dress sexy sis dress sexy like there's for me time place for uh certain outfits certain crazy outfits certain like down like low-key outfits whatever i feel like it's being comfortable first for me that leads everything so if i feel uh, comfy. There's an outfit that I wore in the lessons video. I sell style often. That last scene in the video, I'm wearing like a short skirt. It's PVC, lace up, like sheer top. But it's like, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not going to be wearing that down the supermarket. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, I mean, you see me today, <laughs> like baggy clothes, whatever. I don't feel pressured to. Um, conform. I don't feel pressured to uh, get surgery. I don't feel pressure in that sense, but I'm aware that these things um, are there and I mm-hmm. maybe they influence me in intangible ways. So uh, maybe there are things that I do, but I'm not, I'm not tuning into why I do them. Maybe that does exist. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't feel no way about other people living their lives and doing what they do. Guess what? SK Vibe Maker interviews are hotter. My interviews are hotter. Eva Lazarus is in the building today. How about that? She's here in the flesh. <laughs> swaggy today. You know, like when you're dressed a certain type of way and you're like, maybe I looked a bit, I look a bit dressed down today. You know what I'm saying? I'm being put to shame today. The swag. Uh, and you so- said you said that you self-style yourself as well. Yeah. That's mm. like one of my favorite things to do is um i think that if i wasn't uh if i wasn't doing what i do i'd love to i'd love to style people i look i look at clothes a lot i look at pattern and color and shape a lot um we had a a a small a brief like passing uh mention of like pressure from the industry to like dress a certain way or be a certain way and after having a baby i did take a pause and I was like, right, I need to look at my wardrobe because I've just had a baby. So I need to like Mm. dress myself differently. But it wasn't in a really like depressed way. I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so different. I need to, it was like, okay, sick. How do I, how do I make this new shape work? And it wasn't like a stressful thing. It was like, okay, it was like, let me get my head around Mm -hmm. this body shape, this body type and like how I make Mm -hmm. all my clothes look sick. Mm -hmm. I really love that game. Mm-hmm. Chapters in life, man. Some things that women have to go through that <laughs> men definitely don't have to yeah, go through. Yeah, innit? Mm. But let's talk about that then. Becoming a, um, a parent and a musician can be somewhat of a um, tricky dynamic and um, balance. 
how has it you know been for you (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's start i got pregnant and i was like pack up the songs it's over it's over you're not going to be able to do that that was my first thought it was like okay well you, you, had said, a, you said you got pregnant, so this wasn't planned. Sorry, I'm like, look, it's a bit like yeah. into your business a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listen, a lot of people get pregnant. That's mm-hmm. that's how a lot of uh, a, a lot of us are on this planet. And I didn't plan it, really. mm-hmm. but I decided to have my child because I believe it is a choice, mm-hmm. and I wanted my my baby. I wanted mm-hmm. my baby, and but that came with a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. So. I got pregnant, I decided to have my child and it came with a lot of like, well, I don't really know any other women who are doing what I do that have children. So let's start with that. I can't be like, sis, how are you doing it? Because I have nobody else. Like there was nobody to ask. And I looked around for like podcasts of like women in music. (laughs) I found like one podcast that helped. And it was um, Annie Mac, and uh, she was speaking to Jessie Ware, oh. and they were talking about their experience as women in the the industry. And it was uh, a, like a podcast that parents that their parents mm-hmm. um, and how they made it work. And just hearing those two women speak about their experiences in the music industry as mothers, it it really helped me because I felt lost. I felt like I just, I'm not seeing it. Who is, especially on my level of things as well, who is on my level and making it work? Who's not in the super rich, got a nanny, put all the babies in a car, we're, we're you know, family rooms everywhere. Like who's making it work? And eventually I was like, okay, cool, wicked. Uh, we'll just, I just need to set up my support systems and make sure that on the other side of this, I can still put out my album. I, I finished my album, Brandy Kisses, when my son was maybe eight months, nine months old. I would be in the studio, he would be in a little baby cot next to me, and I would have like a baby sensory video on one side of my uh, computer screen, and I would have a logic project open on the other side, one side of my headphones on, and I'd be writing, and I'd be looking at my son, he's still asleep, great and wow. making it work there's yeah. one video i've got and <laughs> t- tmi or whatever but maybe it will help another another female artist um i sat in my studio and i got to a point where i just needed to work and i couldn't just take breaks to to breastfeed my kid all of the time so i would express a bottle give it to dad dad would take the bottle and the baby and go feed the baby so I could just carry on working. So mm-hmm. I would be like expressing a bottle, writing a song, handing the things over to, to my partner wow. and getting Super this out, out, getting the thing finished because mm. otherwise it's not going to get finished, mm-hmm. which is why the the song on the album, I Prayed For You, the, the lyrics are, I don't know what I was so afraid for. Your love's amazing. When my child arrived, mm. all of the fear that I felt before seemed so stupid looking in his little face mm-hmm. it seemed so dumb i wish i'd an, if i had a known if i'd a known then i wouldn't have bothered all that worry mm-hmm. because my partner is supportive my family is supportive everybody wants to help make this work mm-hmm. the reason that i'm sat here right now with you is that my support systems are tight they are a1 they are mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 
But mm. yeah, it was a scary, the beginning bit was scary because I thought it was all over. Inspirational, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about royalty, the song royalty, mm -hmm. the track royalty. It's like you got lyrics like um, the sun on my skin making me feeling like royalty or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Let's yeah. talk about this song. I like this song a lot off the <laughs> album. Mm. I, do you know what? I, I've written bits of these songs in like different places uh, in the world and there's I wrote the second verse of this song on a beach in Panama and I remember just trying to soak in as much uh, like what is this giving me like what is sitting on a beach in this beautiful surroundings giving me and like how do I give that to people like as a like give yourself a break energy um, there is so much, there is so much to do when you are self-managed. There is so much to do when you are, you know, finishing a record or touring, all of these things. You're like on a plane, you're in a taxi, you're in a studio, you're in the venue, you're in the green room, you're not sleeping. Next club, next club, <laughs> like bus, club, whatever it is. There's so much hecticness around. Um, this industry and specifically what I've been doing as a job, that's really the self-care stuff can slip. And I have to remind myself, and I'm saying this in the middle of, you know, just coming out of festival season, going into tour and album coming out, that making time, remembering to make time, see your friends, go for dinner, say no to everything, get an early night, drink your water, eat your fruit, Meditate. Do do whatever holiday activity it needs to be to get paramount. Yeah, mm -hmm. really get it together. Self care, self time. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's so important. Because mm. we focus on getting it all the time, but if you focus on getting it and driving yourself into the ground, Listen. there ain't going to be nothing to do with what you've been getting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> energy, exactly that. Straight up. Guess what? SK vibe maker interviews are hotter. So a lot of people will definitely put you, even though you are a hybrid type of artist, they will more put you into the UK soul, UK R&B bracket. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about UK soul, UK R&B, it hasn't had the greatest time over the years. When we think about crossover artists, there hasn't been that many. We could probably name them over the last three decades. We could probably name them on two hands easily. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've debated about it. I've debated about it with a few artists. Why do you feel like there's been so much of a struggle for UK R&B to cross over into the mainstream market and get maybe the appreciation it deserves when there's loads of artists that have been there over the years and there's loads of artists, talented artists coming through at the moment? It depends on, uh, first of all, what you think uh, success looks like or what you think like uh, a you know somebody reaching their full potential in their career looks like if you want someone to go clear and you want somebody to make it are we talking about america um because if that's what we're talking about then we're not in america so that's that's probably a big factor in why um why there isn't an easy crossover there's a big load of ocean in between here and there so somebody creating a record here getting a visa and going over there to push the record hard work it's hard work and it's expensive mm -hmm. so if it's um also you gotta look at a lot of like when you look at soul and r&b and uh like what what funding is there for people mm -hmm. to go and back their thing mm -hmm. 
like what funding is available because there's a lot of hurdles and things to jump through especially if you're not signed to a major and you don't have a big amount of investment then it's going to be hard for you straight um so i think that there are a few hurdles um and that's not to say that american uh soul and r&b isn't received well over here but what they will have is the big machine and the money mm -hmm. those people who make it over here will have an amount of investment mm -hmm. um backing them uh so yeah there is there's money in the way there's the bigger scene of soul and r&b mm -hmm. perceptively comes from outside of here but there i feel like there is um i feel like in r&b soul and jazz i feel like there is a big upswing of things about to happen mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. um so i don't think it's i don't think it's all doom and gloom but i i feel like the crossover thing and people making it, it very much depends on how you look at what making it even looks mm -hmm. like do you mean make it here or do you mean make it there mm -hmm. um because that's 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 the that's the question why have we not seen more success from UK-based R&B soul, maybe jazz artists on the scale of like Craig David, Soul to Soul, mm. um, Emily Sande. I feel like the 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 investments need to be there. I think uh, the A and Rs need to want to look for that stuff. They need to want to kind of look at um, black artists. Mm -hmm and invest in black artists. And I feel until there is like um, a specific move happening with that, that will be the case. Until you've got somebody in the office who's like, cause that's how it happens in it. Like that's how it happens. You've got someone in the office who's like, right, we're going down to whatever gig tonight to go and watch so-and-so. They're doing numbers on TikTok. <laughs> like, so. Very much how it is these yeah, days. Yeah, so that's mm -hmm. how that's how that works. So until you've got sp specifically somebody going, oh, there's um, uh, a black artist from Birmingham who's uh, I've I've heard like two or three of their things. Let's go to the next thing and meet them, speak to them, get them in the office, come and like unless stuff like that is targeted mm -hmm. to the scene. Oh no, oh, I'll go on for the scene. Yeah, I hear you. Brandy Kisses is the name of the album. Mm -hmm. Some people might hear or see the title and think. Does that mean just like um, a kiss with brandy on the breath or a kiss with brandy on the lips? They might ding, just ding, think ding, it's an alcoholic kiss. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So break down, is that what brandy kisses oh, is? Yes, an alcoholic drink, <laughs> an alcoholic kiss? Break down the title and what people can expect from to hear from the album if they haven't heard it already. So um, Brandy Kisses is a, a song where I, I wanted to talk about, it's kind of like the, the, the flip side of... Uh, party is over which is like that, that part of the relationship where you are so intoxicated by this person you are just so wrapped up in them it's that's the exciting bit of a relationship where it's like oh you're sick you're funny I just want to spend all my time around you and I just want to put my brandy breath on your face <laughs> like, the honeymoon phase mm. <laughs> like, and it's not always like that no yeah sorry to like if you know put a bit of a dampen on what yeah. you were saying there so that's basically what it is yes yeah, i mean that that heady that heady sort of drunk bit of a relationship where you are completely intoxicated by the person i mean that's that's always going to level out and sometimes it it completely bottoms out and it's gone mm -hmm. but that is i don't think i've ever felt so comfortable writing from like a soft place before and in this record i'm 
Like I write from a perspective of like introspection and love. And um, I really give that to people in a way that I've not really done that before. Mm -hmm. And Brandy Kisses for me was a, a place where I was like, oh, I'm quite cute, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty cute. <laughs> and um, I, that's that's what I've done on that record is is I've been loving and I've been soft and I've kind of shared that part of myself with people. So that's why it got the mm. got the straight up title. Hey man, the future's looking very bright. They say my interviews are hotter. It's been myself, SK Vibe Maker and Eva Lazarus. How about that? <laughs> Big up. <laughs> nice, thank you. Guess what? SK Vibe Maker interviews are hot.